1: You're listening to Winds Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network
2: with Van Burnett, and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back everybody it is Winds Above Fantasy episode 95 today is Thursday April 13th and this is my first live baseball show of the season Steve super happy to be here we got a great episode ahead to add or not to add we are going through a waiver wire special because that's what we're trying to do this time of year is catch a little lightning in a bottle who's going to be the Spencer Strider who's going to be the The next bat that just emerges and you can ride into the playoffs and beyond. It's going to be a great show, Steve. I am pumped. It is my, uh, you know, kind of welcome back to the pod. Shout out to to Dan Weber for the the great show you guys did. And uh, I really enjoyed it, enjoyed the shout outs. India was nice, but it was also uh, an extra headache early on in the season to try to make the moves and set the lineups with... 11 hours of a time zone change but i'm back in the seat and it feels great to be talking baseball with you with some actual stats to talk through steve how's it going
1: yeah it's great to have you back uh you know uh we've got a nice rapport here so i'm used to you handling the the hosting duties very smoothly and then kicking it to me and keeping things moving along so uh i, I feel great to have you back as well but uh you know uh, it, it's nice we, i know we 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 had that show right on opening day, the day before, so we were super excited. But then, like, to not talk about it, and you know, obviously, it was we texted a little bit, but the the time difference and everything. Um, but you know, I'm I'm glad to have you back, and, and glad we're doing it, and I think it's uh, a a great episode topic to sort of get caught up and and, and get right back into it.
2: Yeah, it it was brutal, man. I was on uh, the tarmac uh, in O'Hare in Chicago getting ready to take flight, and it was that first Braves game. I'm trying to think who that was. Was it Corbin in in the Nationals? Yes, yes. Like, my flight is leaving. We should be in airplane mode. I am not in airplane mode. I'm, like, watching Austin Riley bat for me. It's like, I got to watch one of my guys play. And he took a walk, and I, like, put my (laughs) fist in the air and then went on airplane mode, and I was like, all right, well, let's see if – because we generally, we have a running joke that if you don't check your lineup, like, every 10 minutes, like, the fantasy gods will reward you with a positive stat line. Like, if you've ever, like, been at a wedding or, you know, you're away from your phone for five hours, your stats will look better if you just check and oh, go as opposed to, like, wa- checking it every five minutes. I, I,
1: I totally buy into that. I would, like, you know... Try to say, all right, I'm going to bed before the West Coast games because I am horrible <laughs> luck when I look at my phone every five minutes yes. and just, you know, get aggravated over every O for whatever. Oh, um, you know, uh, I, I, I firmly believe in like, you know, if you don't look, it, it does a lot better. I'm, I'm horrible at not looking. Um, maybe that's Same. why my, my teams stink again. But whatever. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not off to a bad start, actually. I, I had a massive win in the home league, uh, Raz Slam. I, I don't think I'm in first in my in my little flight anymore, but I was for a while. And I think we were both doing pretty good in the overall, Steve. So, I mean, knock on wood, It's 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 been so far so good for me. Like, Gosman's dealing, Nico Horner's panning out. So, I'm liking it compared to last year where, like, everything seemed to be falling apart for me. But it's super early, of course, but... I, 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 you're you're struggling a little bit in uh, I'm
1: first in, in turf um, and 17th overall uh, there you go There and Ratslam yeah 34th overall 4th in, in my league uh, TGFBI I'm currently 6th um, I'm so good at finishing in the middle of the pack in those leagues I just don't know what it is uh, my on the wire league is off to a rough rough start uh my home league I, I have a fine record but my offense absolutely stinks. I think I have eight home runs through two weeks and after having a, a bad offense um, you know, last year in my home league where I traded for Soto, that didn't work out, Devers, that didn't work out, to like start the first two weeks with just eight home runs is my mood is just is just so, so bad because of it. Well, we're, um, we're, so, we're turning it yeah. around tonight, yeah, Steve.
2: Yeah, we yeah, got we got yeah. waiver wires to talk through because everyone wants to make moves. You get kind of a little stir crazy if it's been five days you haven't made a move. So, great show ahead, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Housekeeping: You can follow us on always as always on Twitter at Winds Above Pod. I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav eight eight one eight we got about 15 names to jump into here, Steve, so without further ado, let's talk about these in order of their roster percentage. So we're going to start with, I guess you could say shallower league targets because these are the guys with the higher roster percentages based on Yahoo, we just kind of chose as a default, and the first one is Orlando Arcia with a 74% roster rate, now Immediate note is he got got hit by pitch by Hunter Green tonight, left the game, as you mentioned, Steve, before we started rolling. But it does sound like the x-rays came back negative. So Arcia is still a relevant option for those 26% of the leagues where he's available. And you might need him because he's shortstop eligible, and it seems like Mm -hmm. all the shortstops are just dropping like flies, whether it's O'Neill Cruz or Corey Seager, Seager. Tim Anderson. It's just on and on. So... What uh, A position that was kind of top-heavy, uh, it had some depth, but after like the top 12, 15 shortstops, it really fell off a cliff. So Arcea is the first candidate here, and we'll talk about a few others. Having a nice season. I remember there was some hype when he was with the Brewers. I kind of got burnt on that. All the hype was on Vaughn Grissom in the offseason, and then Arcea is kind of playing spoiler here. Off to a hot start, batting three thirty three. With two home runs, 10 runs, seven RBIs, and an 899 OPS and about 50 plate appearances. Uh, the barrel rate is up to a solid enough clip. I don't know. I mean, stuff under the hood doesn't look terrible to where maybe you could make an argument for Arcia having kind of a long-awaited breakout to fantasy relevance, at least. I don't know that he's, he's going to be a season winner, but is, is there something here for you, Steve?
1: And I think another thing that is kind of important you hit on it a little bit, but people were kind of shocked that he that Vaughn Grisham was kind of sent down and, like, it was assumed early in the offseason that Grisham would just take that role good point. and run with it. Um, I think they extended Arcea to the Braves, and, like, the Braves are a good organization, so they know what they're doing. So maybe we should have paid a little more attention to um, what – the Braves did, and you know the fact that they gave him um, this job and, and and this role. Yeah, uh, he's
2: a great glove too. A for great glove.
1: I just don't know if he's going to be more than someone who could fill the gap uh, w- until you you know those shortstops come back. I don't see him carrying in close to 900 OPS. Maybe a 750 OPS with double-digit homers and a handful of steals you know that that's the other thing he doesn't really have the elite sprint speed and i just don't think that he's a steel a steals guy at least anymore i know he stole 14 bags in 2017 that kind of it had a uh, 15 homers and with milwaukee i think that kind of led to the hype and mm-hmm. he's never stolen more than eight bases since then has really only attempted one or zero um over the last few years, so it's not even like there's any bit of intent where it's like, okay, hey, he stole five bases. Maybe with the new rules, um, he can get ten or fifteen. I, I, I just don't think that he, you know, uh, ha- has more than like five in him, which I think will will hold down the value the the value a little bit, just because he. I also yeah. don't think he's going to push twenty home runs like. I think it might be a solid average, 10 home run, stopgap guy. Um, the fact that he's hitting ninth in the Braves order will keep those counting stats down. So uh, I think it could be viable and is a good replacement, but I'm not, like, rushing to go pick up Orlando Arcia.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, I, I didn't realize because I always kind of rated him as a decent speed guy, but you're right, he really hasn't attempted, in, in, honestly, since, like, 2019. So without the steals, he's not a 20 homer guy. I think he might even be a little over rostered, and I know it's re- the position's really shallow with all these injuries. But he's he's hitting seventh in the lineup. I know it's a good lineup to have exposure to, but I don't know. I think compared that's to that's with that's, the with, Har- that's rate, with
1: Harris out as well. So you would think yeah. he would bump down when Michael Harris returns.
2: Yeah, so. it's just compared to the roster rate of these other guys. We'll get into. I'm a little surprised that R.C. is that high because this is the time of the year where you don't really want like a vanilla floor guy you're going for the dart throws that mm-hmm. could explode and, and and be league winners so anyway i think i'm with you i think i'm out on on RCIA and for fantasy purposes it'd be great if we see Vaughn grissom sooner than later but let's keep rolling a lot of names to get to and the next one we're looking Gr- at grissom
1: please. real quick of note uh in 9 games at triple a has a homer two steals hitting 351 442 595 for a 1036 ops Um, Obviously small sample, but he's only struck out 7% of the time and has walked um, 11.6% of the time. So doing everything he can to to earn a call up here. And, you know, that seemed almost imminent if that hit-by-pitch was was, was anything more than what it was. But um, I think it might be sooner rather than later for Grissom. Uh, yeah, and
2: no. RC is AAV is like two point four mil, so it's a, that that could be a super util type yeah. of contract. So, yeah, with you there. So, moving on to second guy we want to hit on here is Isak Paredes with the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Paredes, he's kind of he's kind of like a cult hero, man. He's like uh, Yandy Diaz before Diaz, uh, <laughs> like he's a reincarnate, but. I know, I know that people love the plate discipline with kind of the dream of, of the pop because he's got a big frame, uh, but he's yet to put it all together. And this season, it's starting to look like it might be happening. Uh, 297 average, three homers, eight runs, 10 RBIs, and 922 OPS. Now, he's he's historically been a splits guy where he really struggles versus right-handed pitching. Still the case to some extent so far this season, but it's actually been much better. His batting average so far, obviously tiny sample sizes, but the the right-handed pitching, his batting average is around like 240, where in the past it was like around 170, 180. So if that's enough to keep him on the field and not be platooned, Paredes uh, is interesting. Now, unfortunately, it's like all of the actual power metrics under the hood don't really seem to be following right now. So, I have, a, I have a tough time, like, making sense of Paredes, Steve. I think I have him on, like, one, uh, like, a, a deep one, like a 50 in NFPC. But, uh, like, are you, are you interested in Paredes? Do you think he could put it together? And, and, like, what would this breakout look like?
1: So I think, you know, Saris has talked a lot about it, how Paredes is one of those guys, like, like what he, he gets the most out of his barrels because he just – pulls the fly balls and I think the Rays have kind of identified that and said, Hey, pull your fly balls, that's all all we care about. Um and what do you know, like if you look at his spray charts of three home runs, they're you know, bombs down the left field line, just pulled yep. fly balls for, for a righty. That's just everything. Like all his hits, you know, his singles are to, to left field. So he's just out there pulling fly balls. That's what he does. Um because looking back at it, like the power metrics Never really look great. Like the max EV at best was you know sixty seven percentile. Um, you know barrel rate was fine this year. It's you know about average. Um, doesn't swing sure. and miss, which is nice. But I-, I think it's just kind of like a you know a stackcast cheat code. Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. He, he's Define not gonna stat-cast. he's not gonna be this. Oh, look at this awesome stackcast or pitcherless player page. Like who who's this breakout now? It's it's Isaac Paredes and he does this one thing, he pulls his fly balls and that's what he's going to do and get the most out of it and you know it might it, it that average I think is is going is going to come down like the XBA right now is you know a lot lower than the 308 it's uh, 215 last year was 210 like I think he's a 220 hitter tops right but you know maybe he could pop 20 to 25 homers uh which is a decent fantasy play at least in deep leagues
2: yeah, it's a great point. Like, last year's barrel rate just like a 6.4% below league average, but still 20 homers. And like mm-hmm. you said, they are all dead pole. Uh, so, yeah, that he definitely defies it there. Um, the one thing that's kind of interesting about the batted ball profile so far this year, again, small sample, but the ground ball rate has dropped from 42% down to 26%. Uh, all in exchange for you know nine percent more fly balls, nine percent more line drives. So that is a good sign at least.
1: Yeah, and you know with the shift maybe that that could help a little bit too. Um, you know no shift maybe that'll help help the average a bit. But hey, that's a, that's a that's a decent sign because you want the guy to pull pull fly balls, and if you're not hitting it on the ground, that means it's a fly ball. So um,
0: yeah.
2: So Paredes, 59% rostered, still out there quite a bit. And, I mean, uh, you know, we talk about lineup exposure. Like, right now, he's a guy who's been hitting, uh, he hit third tonight in the lineup for the Rays. And, you know, he's kind of batted all over. But, uh, you know, usually in the middle part of that order. So, uh, I think a good option for Paredes. I like it more than, than Arcia. Moving over to our boy. Jared Kelnick. Steve, uh, all it took was a full year of us hyping him up and then uh, offseason where we basically, at least me, have no shares uh, for him to be piecing together what looks to be a breakout. He is hitting 351 with three home runs all in the past three games. A couple of steals to boot, five runs, five RBIs because he's not really hitting in a good spot in that order. The strikeout rate is still hovering around thirty percent, Steve. I think that's what the naysayers will point to. Uh, but you got, you know, Jeff Passan tweeting out that this breakout is happening. What do you think? Is is Kelinek, Are we buying it or not?
1: So I think there's some good signs and then there's some bad signs. I'll start with the with the good first. Um, yes, the strikeout rate is still. You know, around 30%. I don't know if we struck out today. I have 27% to he- heading into today's game. Um, but the walk rate is up. It's up to around 11%, which would be a career high at the Major League level for him. And his contact rate is up. It's up to 78.3%. Last year it was at 69.5%, so not good. Uh, he's also chasing less, 3% less of the time to be exact. Another good sign for, for the batted ball um, profile and just your plate discipline Um, as far as his his swinging strike his swinging strike is down to 9.6 percent last year was at 14.7 percent so you know from really good really bad to like pretty good so um you know the 55 percentile for whiff percentage uh where last year um or 2021 when he had the the full sample that was at 35 percent so you know Very good. All the the power metrics look good. The hard hit percentage, way up. Um, Max exit velocity, average exit velocity, barrel percentage, all 90th percentile and above. The overall cold water, uh, I think he's had one plate appearance versus a lefty. So we just Mm. don't know if he can do this at all uh, versus lefties. And I don't know if that's – he had two two, two more bats yesterday or today. So uh, 0 for 3. Uh, with the strikeout versus lefties. Uh, The rest of his plate appearances, 34 of them have come against righties, so that's good. He's figured out how to hit righties. Obviously, you know, still striking out uh, a a little bit, but um, you would live with the 27% strikeout rate uh, if all that comes with it. I just hope that this has earned him a chance to see lefties and play against lefties and maybe see if some of these gains – can apply to left on left like I think he's definitely earned that like that's literally the only question um, I would absolutely run to roster Jared Kelnick. Uh, you know in those 44 45 percent of the leagues uh, that he's not rostered in Yahoo so um, yeah I think it's happening
2: it's fair I mean this is goes back to what we said that like this is the type of guy that you should be Adding this time of the season and if it doesn't work out you just move on but the the ceiling is so high for Kellnick, and they've even you know started to inch him up in the lineup to where he's been hitting sixth uh earlier this season he was seventh eighth so yeah I I am all for it with with Kellnick here it was just one year ago pretty much that we were gushing about what could be with Kelnick. So. Um, Yeah, all systems go there. I think under-rostered for sure at just 55%. Uh, Moving to another guy that I feel is uh, criminally under-rostered, and that is uh, catcher Logan Ohapi, who we talked about a couple times in the offseason, Steve. Uh, Cold water was thrown on it when Max Stassi was supposed to break camp with the job, and then Stassi got the injury, and Ohapi is playing almost every day. And making the most of it for sure. Hitting 257 with four home runs, five runs, 11 RBI, and a 937 OPS. You will absolutely take that from a catcher spot. And Ohapi, if the name is, is new, I mean, he came over to uh, the Angels in the Phillies trade with Brandon Marsh last year. But this is a guy who probably surged almost more than any other player in prospect rankings last year. He was actually a former 23rd rounder in the draft. Uh, but last year, he had uh, 15 home runs in 75 games at A, batting 275. So that's, you know, well over a 30 homer pace. And then in the 11, or I'm sorry, in the 29 A games with the Angels, once he came over, 11 home runs in just 29 games. So, you know, do some quick math there. 26 home runs in about 100 games across Double A last year between Philly and the Angels. This guy definitely has pop that kind of emerged like late in his minor career, but he has really good OBP skills. And I don't know, man. I, I just I just wonder what is going on with only 40 48 percent rostered. I don't need a catcher in, in leagues that he's available in, but I, I feel like he should be rostered in all one-catcher leagues. Um, your thoughts on Ohapi, Steve, do you think this comes like down to earth or do you think this is a legit option for maybe a 250, 20, homer season?
1: The signs are that the K percentage will go up, uh, just a 63.5% contact rate. Um, his zone contact... So, you know, the pitches that you may contact in the zone isn't as bad, at 82%. You'd like it to be a little bit higher, but, you know, hey. Um, so uh, I'm actually a little bit encouraged on that. The swing strike is at 17.7%, so Oof. that's a little high. Um, I think it's going to be around, like, a 30% strikeout rate. Uh, he's striking out around 25% of the time, so maybe that's booing the average up, but I have zero questions about the power, and, like, I am – Devastated that I've invested in Wilson Contreras, who is horrible, and then Logan Ohapi went like ten rounds later and has four home runs. So, uh, yeah, I, I in any one catcher league where a catcher is struggling, like I, I would make that swap. Like Logan Ohapi is definitely a good enough for for catcher one. Like you don't care if catcher hits two twenty and hits thirty home runs, which is, looks like that's what is going to do. Yeah,
2: it's interesting on the plate stuff because all throughout the minors, he's had like a sub 20% K yeah. rate. And the walk rate kind of projects out around like 9, 10%. Um, so he's supposed to be a plate skills guy. But yeah, if it's, it's not looking that way. And it also looked like he, the K rate was, was kind of climbing, uh, you know, what, since he's been in the majors, which obviously makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just think you can do a lot worse. And in terms of, his act, you know, part of the battle for any catcher is just volume. And I think that's been something that's great. He, he's good behind the plate. Um, kind of, you know, that's a, a strength of his compared to some, you know, Gary Sanchez type of catchers. Um, but he, he's been playing like, you know, four out of five games. So I think, yeah. Olabi, yeah. I,
1: and I don't think, you know, he's won the job. Like, even when is back, like, they can't. I know the Royals, uh, the Angels are kind of dumb, but they're trying to keep Otani there, right? Like they're not going to give this job back to uh, to anyone when Ohoppy's hitting like this.
2: Yeah, and Stassi's time frame is possibly around the end of April, so we'll probably see what happens there in like two weeks. But I I, I agree, unless Ohoppy gets really cold, I think they have to ride the hot hand for for the Otani factor. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we will get to some more names here, very exciting names, even though the roster ship is going down, but first we're going to take our quick ad break and we'll be right back.
0: Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: Okay, Steve, not the most exciting name because it's a name that's been on the radar for several seasons. But I got to admit, when I was piecing the rundown together, I started to to get a little interested in Austin Hayes with the Orioles. So Hayes so far this season, hitting three seventeen with three home runs, 10 runs, six RBIs, a steal, and a ten twenty three OPS. So red hot start for Austin Hayes. I know a lot of that. I think he had a four-for-five game that really propped up that average. And a Uh, five-for-five
1: game, I think, the second game of the year.
2: So he's got two, like, mega yeah, hit. Here, but they still uh-huh. count. They still yep, count. absolutely, you know? absolutely. It, and with Hayes, a lot of it looks incredible under the hood with the launch angle has moved up from 11 to 14 degrees. A 26% barrel rate. Had to uh, double-check that, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it again. That's just ridiculous. I mean, that would easily be top of the league. Um, the hard hit rate is up. This is the age 27 season, which is kind of power peak. Mm -hmm. And I was also, I I went back to just see what he was doing in spring training, and he was red hot in spring training, uh, batting with a three thirty three batting average with four homers and a ten seventy three OPS. What do we think about Austin Hayes? He he just got moved up to bat leadoff. I know that the Orioles are, like, stacked with their youth development. It seems like this might be, like, the last chance for Hayes, but – do you think it's uh, you know just a guy and he's kind of faking us out here, or is there is there something here with Ace?
1: Uh, I'm I'm not really sure. This one this one's tricky for me. Um, the two the biggest thing that jumps out is the O swing. He chased close to forty percent of the time last year, thirty nine point seven percent. That's down to twenty seven point five percent. So that's a really really good sign. Like that's something that stabilizes quickly since it's like a per pitch. Um, denominator right uh you have a a, a large sample with that um so that's really really encouraging um I was debating adding him in my home league the other day for Ramon Laureano who's maybe another guy that was worthy of this list and has had a nice start to the season um but I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't do it um so I, I I don't know like
2: the offers are concerning. Yeah, the offers point. are
1: concerning, and the fact that it's in a few a few games. It's, I know it's back to back games now, um, but it, it was pretty ice cold after that five for five uh, second game. Like you know, if this was old Camden Yards with the without the the Great Wall of Camden um, for a right handed hitter, I would be absolutely all in. Like you know, be super excited to have all the home games in the summer with the Orioles there. Uh, you know, I really think that that might cut you know five to ten homers off of his uh, off of his uh, expected total. Like you look at just a spray chart, and you know, like you see two fly balls. It's like oh, those would have been two more home runs had that old wall been there. You know, you kind of line it up. Um, but I, I don't know. I really think that that chase rate um, is something that is is, is really telling. And just the fact that, like, he's never really hit the ball this hard. He's never batted the ball this hard. Um, his sprint speed is up um, to, like, a career high. So who knows? Maybe it was uh, – or at least high since, like, 2019. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he's, like, fully healthy, was battling something. Um, but, you know, the chase rate and, and the batted ball skills so far – are pretty impressive he has 30 balls in play so eight barrels on 30 balls in play like it's not a nothing sample i know it's not the biggest uh but it's it's still encouraging so yeah maybe uh maybe hayes can come close to like that 9.1 barrel percent that he had in in 2021 or or exceeded a little bit and and tap into some of that potential that we, we finally saw there i mean he's never struck out that much um considering the chase rates haven't been great so like who knows if if he's like not chasing and identifying the pitches that he wants to hit and maybe that tells itself in the hard hit percentage that's way up to 46.7 percent. that's like seven points higher than any point in his career so um uh, yeah i i i I think i'm i think i've sold myself on austin hayes despite it coming in just a few games
2: yeah, and, it, like, in a in a boring way, uh, you know, he's he's been somewhat productive in the past. I mean, 2021, he hit 256 with 22 homers and, like, 70-70 on runs and RBIs. Like, that's useful, and that was only in 131 games. So if kind of the barrel and this little power breakout is for real, he's not that far off from being, like, a high-20s homer guy. Um, and everything else is kind of gravy. Whether he chips in on some speed or he hits 270 instead of 250 or 240, um, I would diagnose it as this. It, you know, if, if, if you're looking at options to add in outfield, they have a three game series against the White Sox. But then next week he could be a if he gets through that White Sox series with a handful of hits. It might be worth at least a stream next week because they got the Nationals and then they got the Tigers and the Red Sox. Uh, Then they got the Tigers again. So, you know, he might have a a favorable schedule uh, kind of throughout the rest of the month um, where that could at least give you enough of a sample to say, like, is it real or do we move on? But, yeah, kind of a a name that flies under the radar and I think worth worth just keeping an eye on. Put him on the watch list. All right. Moving on to... uh, sizzling name from Austin Hayes is Ray's top prospect, Taj Bradley, who came up tonight and pitched against the Red Sox. Again, worth noting because a uh, pretty weak Red Sox lineup and you know definitely a target matchup. But Taj Bradley definitely caught my attention, Steve. I was watching some of the outing. Five innings pitched, three earned runs, but a couple of those came in the in the very last inning. Eight strikeouts for Taj Bradley. He sat 96 with the fastball. He touched 98. Um, he even was mixing in a curveball, which wasn't really on like his his prospect profile. So the question here for Bradley, because he's filling in for Zach Eflin, who's on like the 15 day IL, he really has to impress if he wants to keep this rotation spot. What are we doing with this? It's like it's one of those where you have FOMO if you don't add him, but it, it feels a little nerve wracking that he's just going to get like sent down. Any advice on Taj Bradley or thoughts on the player as well?
1: Um, I think it's pretty impressive. I would obviously run to grab him uh, if he was available, just to sort of see what happens. Um, but uh, a few people tonight in the pitcherless Discord. Shout out to PL Pro, PL Plus. Join the Discord, and you you can see some real time. I did not watch that the start, but a few of the people in Discord watching it. Um, we're mentioning how he was getting away with a, a, a lot of hangers. Um, he did get six whiffs on the fastball, and if you look at the, you know the, the pitch illustrator on Savant on the playoff break on the player breakdown um, for Todd Bradley, you see a bunch of those elevated four seamers outside the zone, and you know that's where you're going to get whiffs on fastballs outside of the zone, which is great. Um, however, he just got three whiffs on his secondaries, that being the cutter and the curveball. And if you look at where the cutter's located on that spray chart, it's all over the middle of the plate. Like, a lot Mm -hmm. of these look like they could be hangers that, you know, a a better offense uh, or, or an offense that's, you know, clicking better at a time would absolutely demolish. So. I, I like it. I think I would 100% grab Taj Bradley. I think it's 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 great. I think, you know, the fastball is really encouraging to get that many whiffs on a fastball. Like, that's a great base. Uh, it just looks like he might have gotten a little bit lucky on this start, a little bit. Um, and I wish that there was, like, a, you know, elite slider or, or the curveball got, got a few more whiffs um, for me to be super, super excited about. But that being said, like, yeah, you yeah, absolutely have to grab Taj Bradley after he just struck out eight eight batters tonight. Uh, Thirty five CSW overall, so like still really really good, um, but you know uh, yeah, just be nine, cautious. Yeah,
2: yeah, nine swings and misses for eight strikeouts is a little a little low to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in in that fifth inning, he looked pretty hittable. but I think it was at least nice that the Rays let him go out there for the fifth inning Mm -hmm. and and didn't do the full kid gloves on him. His next start will be at Great America Ballpark, so that'll be an interesting test. A little bit better offense, but still pretty light, kind of a, a target matchup. And then I think after that, if he gets one more, it would probably come against either the White Sox or the Astros, so that would be the big test and probably the last one before Eflin comes back, so...
1: And then Food glassed result. out coming too, so um, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there's some reinforcements coming for the Rays.
2: Yep. Well, let's move to a Reds hitter, and it's Jake Fraley, who we talked about with the uh, Mariners in, in past years, a guy who we were excited about and then we kind of cooled off on. But Fraley's kind of interesting, Steve. Uh, he's, he's off to a hot start, hitting 370. he He's got a homer, a couple steals, got the speed. Uh, just three runs, but nine RBIs. Um What's nice about Fraley is he's taking walks right now. He has a 20% walk rate and he's hitting third for the Reds. So this is a guy just 29% rostered. That is kind of sneaky for, for being that low on the roster rate, you know, he's going to get a lot of volume, uh, batting third and, you know, so far so good. And it's a guy who I think is somewhat toolsy that we've had an eye on in the past. Um, I think he's another guy who's kind of got a cult following out there. Any interest in Jake Fraley for outfield?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's it's worth a follow and and, and an ad where where you need it in, in deeper leagues. That being said, it's just an, another guy that has very very limited plate appearances versus lefties. He only has six plate appearances um, versus lefties. Uh, I think he sat a few games, um, so you know it, it's nice. To play right, like I wish there was like a way you could say, oh, "Hey, this is how many possible play appearances he could have had versus the lefties." right? like how many did he right. miss? Um, but he's definitely sat a few games where uh, he, you know, he has nine games played, I think total, on the, or sorry, uh, fifteen games total um, this year. Uh, I, I don't know if that's right. I'm just looking at the totals on the splits. Um, but whatever. the The point being is that. Don't expect him to get many starts versus lefties. It doesn't look like the Reds are sort of just throwing him out there. Um, you know, maybe if he if he continues to, to rake and then holds, you know, close to like a, the 300, 400, 500 line that he's trending towards and is walking as much as he does, um, maybe he earns some of that playing time. But, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's encouraging. I think that, you know, um, there is some good power speed potential in here. And if he can get close to like 500 played appearances that, that could bode for like a 15, 15 season with an average that isn't going to kill you. So whether you're playing lefties or not, like whatever, like in a weekly lineup, just keep him in. Cause you know, uh, unless you have like four lefties in a week, which is rare, uh, like he's still going right. to get you the numbers that you need and uh, better than what's on the wire. So, um. Yeah, I I like it. I think that he's a a great power, speed potential, and a great ballpark, and a lineup that's kind of underrated.
2: Yeah, I think I, I was hearing. I, I want to say it was Scott Chu and Joe when they were talking on hacks and jacks. But I, I want to say it's like twenty four of the major league baseball like rotations have th- at least three righties, and then um, you know most of those have. Four righties, so it's like, you know, I think you can live with that. You know, four out of five Mm -hmm. games uh, in terms of volume, but you're right; it's a good point. His splits are pretty brutal in past seasons. Uh, Like in 2022, he had like a 861 OPS versus righties, 476 OPS versus lefties, just a 143 batting average. So definitely has a lot to prove to to kind of give us confidence that he's not a platoon guy, for that matter. But Nonetheless, I think Fraley, uh, especially in OBP leagues with that walk rate, um, is a good guy for like five outfield leagues in, in OBP, kind of a must add in that format, I would say. All right, Steve, uh, you and I have not had a chance to discuss Chris Bubich, which mm. I know there's some uh, some of the top industry experts are, are saying, let's slow down before we ordain him uh, kind of the, the, the pitching pickup of the season. But man, oh man, against the Giants, six innings, just two hits, nine strikeouts, and 19 whiffs on just 76 pitches. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard around the industry, there's a lot of people like tipping the hat to Lance Brodowski, or Brozdowski, who does some really good work, follow him on Twitter, but he kind of called the shot here with Bubich with his trip to driveline how he uh, increased extension, he changed his arm slot, and some of those changes ramped his 4 seamers stuff plus number from 81 up to 112, with league average being right around, like, 100, of course. So Bubich is uh, one that just 20% rostered is pretty crazy knowing that this could be—I mean, all the signs under the hood is that this could be a major breakout— uh, what are your thoughts, Steve, on Bubich? I added him in a, in a dynasty league. I said I gotta, I gotta see what happens here.
1: Yeah, I I really think that it's it's worth a shot. Um, he actually got dropped in my home league. I can talk about this because he clears waivers tonight. Um, so you'll have to help me if I should be putting in a bid or not. Uh, we'll do some would you rather's with uh, with with guys on on my actual team. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, the, the fastball velocity at 93 up from 91.9 last year, a full tick is just insane. The swinging strike rate 8.9% up to 18.8%, uh, CSW is at 32%, which is like where the really good starters live. So yeah, it, it looks really, really good right now. And, you know, another thing that before, like all the pitch modeling stuff, the, the biggest indicator in season in a small sample was strikeout manner. walk rate. His strikeout rate is 30.2%. The walk rate at 2.3%. So very, very good stuff there. Um, it's just a matter of whether you think this, this is going to hold. Um, and I think you have to add them to, to find out. Um, so uh, I, I'm definitely interested. Um, so I wholeheartedly I guess I got thrown a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that that velo range is such a, a critical thing. I know we talk about it a lot, but it, it might not sound like a lot going from 92 to 93, but that's the range where you go from basically having a, an average fastball to when you're scooting up towards like 94, that's when, you know, that's a good, it's solid fastball, and, and that's important for him in addition to, like the extension that he's now gaining, uh, that's what makes like a Freddy Peralta's ninety-four read more like a ninety-eight mile per hour pitch. So, extension plus velo rise is all great from Bubich. Steve, who, who are you? Uh, who are you considering dropping? Let's do a little "Would you rather" on this:
1: Chris Bubich or Tyler McGill?
2: Oh, I think Bubich.
1: Bubich. Yeah, oh, there was I, no I, hesitation. Hesitation. No. Either. Um the McGill's other guys just, I
2: know I know he has a lot of upside but I, I think McGill and I I I grabbed him in another league but I was watching and he's just not putting it together so far this season in a way and I, I was read or listening to uh uh Nick Pollock on kind of the the wrap up uh podcast where he's kind of talking about everyone's outings and he's like the ultimate McGill mm-hmm, stan mm-hmm. and he was even saying like it's not it's not where it usually was and so I think Bubich, man, just with that park and, and everything, I, I, I would I would do that one. But what else we got?
1: The other two fringe guys on my roster, or three, I guess, actually, are Kenta Maeda, Josiah Gray, and Edward Cabrera.
2: Oh, man. I mean, I think because we don't know that he's not, like, breaking out, like, I lean Bubich quite a bit. Cabrera is a conundrum. Um, I would say over. I, I would say my eight is a hold, uh, but I, I think I would give him the nod over Josiah Gray and possibly over Cabrera as well. I, I loved Cabrera coming into the season, but man, he's all over the place, and that's
1: uh, a little better today with the headache. walks. O- only two, only two walks, I think today, uh, or one. Oh, hey, very good. Um, so getting a little better there. Uh. That being said, Gray, uh, you know the fact that he stopped throwing the fastball and is throwing his secondaries, which are very good, is super encouraging. Um, so I th- oh, yeah. think I'm going to hold like on her. to them there. Um, Maeda, I think it's more just a wait and see. I, I think McGill out of those is, is, is the drop, like you said. The stuff just, despite the good results, um, the stuff just isn't what it was in that in that peak. Uh, you know, last April, sort of. Tyler McGill was throwing 98. Now it's 93, it's not really as interesting. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's the bit. There, there's two hours in between when this podcast release and when waivers clear in my league. So unless someone's listening at 1 a.m. Eastern, um, I'll be able to get my bid in uh, be safe. without Should it be being safe. known. So we'll see. I love it.
2: Okay, we got uh, four more guys to get to here, uh, but we are going to take our second ad break, and we'll be right back.
0: to sign up for your trial today. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: All right, so Steve, back to the outfield here. And it's none other than Chaz McCormick uh, with the Astros who... Honestly, is we've kind of made jokes in the past about, you know, McCormick. Maybe it's because his name is Chaz McCormick. But <laughs> he's putting together a nice little season here so far with uh, 275 average, a couple homers, four steals, and an 870 OPS. Some decent counting stats as well with seven runs, nine RBIs. Uh, McCormick, what are your thoughts? I mean, I feel like he's a name who's come up on the pod in the past. Uh, do we think this is legit and somebody who's worthy of our attention in that lineup or are we uh kind of writing this one off as a, a pass here at 19 percent rostered rate
1: i think the fact that you know he's batting lead off for the astros now and he's kind of taking that job and, and 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 running with it is definitely caught my attention um i don't know how sustainable this is? Wow, he has two home runs with no barrels. That is that is crazy. Um, like you know, all the underlying <laughs> metrics don't look great. Um, okay, Fangraphs had him at, at zero. Um, Savant has him at one, but still, he has two home runs with only one barrel. Um, yeah, like none of like 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 you have here in the notes. Like none of the underlyings show that this is. Sustainable or anything more than like a a hot run, but I mean, who knows if he's you know it's it's an age twenty seven season. Um, it, maybe there's something that could be put together. I was super excited about him coming in. You know the fact that he has four steals, two homers. Um, I think now looking at at the underlines, I'm a little bit um, more concerned. Like even. The sprint speed is is down, uh, despite the four steals. So, um, I don't I mean, know. Maybe that's maybe yeah. maybe
2: the, the glass half full version though is that his barrel rate in the past has been like ten percent, which is True. above league True. average. So yeah. maybe he could, uh, you know, if, if he can just tap back into that. I cannot believe he's batting leadoff and Kyle Tucker is fifth in that lineup. That's extremely <laughs> annoying. Um, but yeah, when I mean when Altuve returns he's probably going to like i'll be curious if they slide mccormick and the rest of the lineup or if they'll just drop him all the way back to like seven eight nine somewhere in there you know
1: yeah yeah they they could and i i, I don't know this this looks like a, a profile that could go ice cold i mean you know judging by his his stats over the the last few years like that that happens, you know. You he, have to bet on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not horrible. Like a seven seventy six OPS, seven thirty nine OPS last year. Like offense was way way down last year, and he still hit fourteen home runs in each of those two seasons. So, um, in one hundred nineteen games, so maybe there's a bit more power, and it's just kind of like, hey, don't worry too much about this small sample exit velocity and max exit velocity hard hit percentage stuff that you shouldn't be worrying about in um you know uh uh 25 batted ball events like uh, maybe it's just like okay hey pay attention to more of the surface numbers here and the fact that he's batting leadoff for the astros like i think it's definitely worth rostering more than 19 of the leagues for the time while he is hot nice
2: all right, moving on to kind of a utility corner infield guy for your rosters. It's Spencer Steer, another Cincinnati Red, who is off to a nice little start as well this season, hitting 314 with a couple homers, five runs, five RBIs. Uh, Steve, looking at the home runs, both of these were just total no doubters, straight away, dead center field. Uh, one of them went like 440 feet. So Spencer Steer with. Kind of pop that I didn't know he had, and the max EV suggests that as well with 110.6, 10.7% barrel rate so far. I I had heard a little bit about Spencer Steer coming into the season, but he's certainly kind of producing at the dish. Uh, The question is, if we're buying, you know, I think he would have to get moved up the order a little bit. He's hitting seventh right now, Uh, but it does look like against lefties they're moving him up to like bat second in the order. So uh, Spencer Steer, kind of an interesting name here. Just uh, what is it about eight percent rostered? So much deeper league, but any interest in Spencer Steer for the Reds?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty interested. It's it's another like really encouraging profile. Twelve percent walk rate, seventeen point five percent strikeout rate. Uh, only chasing twenty one point six percent of the time. That's really really good, especially for a guy. Who, you know, he just had a small cup of coffee last year and was a big prospect and, and just came up. Um, but it, it's another one. I just don't know if he's going to get um, the full playing time uh, for, for the Reds. Like he's played, uh, I think, 10 games total out, out of the, what now? We're at like game 13 now around in, in, in the season, maybe, maybe more than that, um, 15. So um, he sat a bit, which kind of stinks. Like, you know, a team like the Reds, you would just hope that um Spencer Steele would just get this job and and, and run with it and play every day. Um I'm trying to pull up he, right now. He how hits many games lefties he's set. too. Yeah, he he, he hits uh, he's a righty though. He's a righty, right? I think.
2: Uh, um, yes, you're right, you're right. But he does but like I mean, he hits, you know, he hits righties. He hits righties and lefties. Didn't yeah.
1: didn't start today. Like kind of annoying uh that he that he's not playing Every single day. Um let's see. Uh I'm trying to find like where where the sits are. Um so today he's sad. He played on the eleventh, tenth. Maybe maybe he has played mostly every day. Maybe, maybe uh, Yeah, maybe I think maybe it was a day of have... rest today. It was a yeah. day rest? Okay. So I'm kinda of wrong there and that makes me a little more encouraged. Like uh, I think I want Spencer Steer on, on, on most of my rosters. Like um you know it, it's, it'd be nice if they moved him up yeah at like yeah.
2: being on the reds it'd be nice if they moved him up the order because you see what he's doing and then you see like just five runs five rbis like mm-hmm. it's already a bad lineup but then when you're hitting seventh that probably will be a lot of games where he only gets like three at bats uh which stinks as well but i mean if he does this much longer it's like i mean pulling up the the reds uh batting order here it's like you know who who is who is blocking him Uh, they got like will myers batting fifth uh vosler who's been hitting well batting six but i don't know if he if he keeps it up like tj friedel is hitting second in that lineup so Mm -hmm. I, i don't know it just seems like there could be uh room for him to kind of bump one of those guys knowing that He's got plate skills. He's got some pop that he's kind of proving out right now. Um, and first base, third base is is kind of nice eligibility as well. So, yeah, I mean, just 8% rostered, though. Like, he's he's under-rostered, right?
1: hmm I, I I think so. Like, I was on the impression that he, like, wasn't an everyday player. Like, you know, whoa. Like, I I think that this guy should be on a lot more rosters and – uh, the next guy who we're going to talk about to, put, you know, uh, lean into my uh, transition duties that I learned as a host last week is going to be <laughs> uh, a, a would you rather, and then there might be someone else on my team who uh, I could I could throw out there as a name potentially that uh, I, I might uh, be dropping for him. So there you it's go, a, it's nice a great segue. Great,
2: yes, yeah, great tease, and the the name, which is kind of a big prospect name, is second baseman for the Twins eduard julian and for the spelling on your guys searches it's e d o u a r d eduard julian and just six percent rostered again highly touted prospect steve i believe we uh yes we have him in our uh our dynasty uh for for pitcherless league on fan tracks so julian the name of the game is this guy is a walk machine uh he has always had like 20 percent walk rate in the minors um, you know, he just got called up, and and the Twins had him today. Eighth in the lineup against the White Sox. What do you know? He took a walk. He went zero for two. Otherwise, uh, but yeah, I mean, in the minors last year in Double A, one hundred and thirteen games, he had seventeen homers, nineteen steals. But probably temper the expectation on the steals. He's I think he's like a forty grade speed. So I think you'd be thrilled if he got like ten steals yeah. on the season. Uh, but even that's probably optimistic. Uh that said, this is a guy in like a points league or an OBP league whose value takes a huge bump up. Um in a five by five league, tough to say like what this what this profile will look like, but Julian is, is a name that again, he's a highly touted prospect. Uh should be a name at least on your radar in, in Edward Julian. So I don't know if you got anything to add there, Steve. It's a good call on uh, just like as a util guy. Uh, would you rather on on Steer versus Julian?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm debating right now. I currently I scooped up Julian when he it was announced that he got the call. Um, you know, he batted eighth. Uh, I think he was removed uh, in the later innings, probably for defensive purposes, which isn't a great sign. Uh, he took Joey Gallo's roster spot. Um, so, and Gallo's starting a, a rehab assignment this weekend, so I don't know how long uh, Julian will be up for, and if they're going to give him enough of a chance to sort of earn that job. The fact that they, um, you know, replaced him in, in the late innings isn't encouraging. Um, they do have some guys, though, uh, at Minnesota that, that's struggling. I know Nick Gordon, a guy that I liked, and, and several other people liked um uh, uh, not off to the greatest start uh, for for a lot of guys offensively in Minnesota. So, I think there will be, um, you know, some opportunities um, sooner rather than later. I just don't know if it's going to be now. And I think I should probably make the move um, to add Spencer Steer uh, for him. What, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I mean if your league doesn't have like walks or obp, yeah, I, it's, I think I Yeah, it's I'd be fine it's it's them.
1: ops, it's ops so in, okay. in a way uh,
2: but yeah. It's interesting, but at least steer, I mean he's still walking, you know, 12% of the time as well, so mm-hmm. it's not a total mm-hmm. trade-off. I think you're going to get more volume from steer and yeah, they both probably read out at the same pop. I guess maybe the tiebreaker would be like batting average and right now Steer's hitting 3.14 um what was julian at in the in the minors minors, yeah it
1: it wasn't it wasn't bad um it was not bad 290
2: 300 yeah so yeah his his uh he does strike he does
1: strike out a bit so um you know i i know he he had a 300 400 490 line last year but uh 25% 25% strikeout. struck out 29% of the time last year. In a small sample this year, he struck out 32% of the time. So yeah, there is some swing and miss in his game.
2: I think Steer's got a better hit tool as well. Like like his uh, his prospect grade is like a 50-60, and Julian's is like a, a 40. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would endorse it, man. I think uh, you do that. The ballpark is another good tiebreaker. So I think uh, that's a good move to make. I I am getting ready to um, consider dropping. Uh, oh yeah, for, I guess my an, an, another
1: another drop uh, that that's potential for me. Not to interrupt you here, but uh, it oh, went boy. from from, oh, from Brendan Dongovan to Brendan uh, it's 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 getting <laughs> it's getting close.
2: Yeah, was hoping for more in Coors, that is for sure, just uh, like two for, what, two for 16 Mm -hmm. with five strikeouts, and those two hits were just singles. Yeah, we got a series against the Pirates, Steve, I think you gotta at least ride it out there. The problem is, if it breaks right, the FOMO is gonna be brutal if you dropped him, because Mm -hmm. he's still batting leadoff for the Cardinals, and gosh like the the spring training the the plate skills from last year like it's so close to being a great breakout if it just clicks in but yeah it's it's been rough there I, I, I the one I was gonna bring up is I, I have Joey Weemer as a uh kind of a util for me and and the guy's gone over his last 12 with like six strikeouts in there seven strikeouts in there so I, I you know this show is Helpful for me because I'm trying to figure out who I, who I'm replacing. And Spencer Steer
1: has my attention. As I, th- well, I think so. unless you need Steals, I would go Steer over over Weimer.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm good on Steels. I got yeah. I got rabbits. I got yeah. Horner and, and Quan and everything. So there, you, there go. you go. Maybe we'll both ride out with with Steer. I just All I right. just
1: did, I just did it. I dropped Julian uh, for Steer.
2: I love when you hit the the live show yep. transactions. It's yep. yeah, that's a that's a WAF classic. Yeah. Last name on the list is. White Sox shortstop Lennon Sosa. This is again looking for you know any kind of streaming help if you lost Corey Seeger, Tim Anderson, uh, O'Neill Cruz, any of these guys. Lennon Sosa, uh, for being just 1% rostered, I think he deserves a little more attention than that. Uh, today he was uh, he debuted was seventh in the, the lineup for the White Sox, one for four in a home run off of Joan Duran. So that is one of the nastiest closers in the game. So that that is encouraging. And last year in 57 games in Triple A, Sosa went 296 with nine homers and three steals. So that kind of profiles out to you know 15 homer, 10 steal type of uh, profile, but with a good hit tool. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see you know and it, even a little bit more pop than that in Double A last year for Sosa. So. You know, not much more. I, I'm, like, not sprinting to a waiver wire to grab him, and Anderson will probably be back in, like, two or three weeks. But, you know, in a position that's pretty shallow, I feel like you could do worse than Sosa. Uh, but what do you think, Steve?
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I, name kind of caught me by surprise, I guess, when he when he was called up. Um, you know, the fact that he was hitting four forty eight at AAA, people were like, whoa, like, you know, check this out. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's something that I think you know, especially with with the the injuries that have happened in shortstop. I think it's 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 worth a shot. Like I would think you know, uh, if Arcia was healthy, like I think I would prefer Sosa's to Arcia. Maybe it's uh, it's a victim of sort of the the unknown thing and the fact that Arcia has been around forever and you know we sort of know what he is at his peak, but. It's an interesting power, um, with maybe a little bit of speed. Um, what's the, what are the combo. plate skills?
2: Let's look up the plate discipline here. That's maybe the one. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's I in, the, in the, in a small sample in the MLB, if you throw that out, um, last year, like, you know, it was a 17% strikeout rate, um, and a 7.3% walk rate with, with those nine homers and three steals with the two ninety six average at triple a last year. Um, Never was above 23%, and that 23% was, you know, after he got promoted to double A from high A, uh, after posting, you know, 103 WRC plus um, at high A, and then struggled a little bit um, with that 23% strikeout rate uh, in double A for his final three game, 33 games in 2021. Um, when he repeated the level in 2022, which is a good sign, he cut that down to 13.8%. Um, then he was promoted to to triple a and it was just 17.4%. So pretty good on, on the strikeout rates, average walk rates. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit interested in, you know, especially in, deeply deep leagues. I think, you know, in this week's fab run and like TG FBI, will probably be a, a name that, that might get some dollars thrown at him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the unknown element, like you mentioned, and the fact that like when you, when you put the high minors together last year, it was, 119 games he had 23 homers yeah yeah and you know basically hit you know 315 or something so yeah i i think again just one percent rostered it's like uh you know it's a very good nfbc fad bid because this is the type of guy who will be available and maybe you could get away with you know kind of a sneaky low bid of like I don't know. What What do you think? Just on the Fab game, something like the third. I don't know.
1: Unless like he goes off this weekend, like uh, yeah, I would think you can get him for like fifty five bucks, something like that, and then you know, not a maybe, you know, five uh, to eight percent of of your of your bid should be able to get it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. maybe less, and- maybe
1: less. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it like what the playing time situation is. Mancata shouldn't be out long term, um, but. I think worth a flyer, like I would definitely throw, you know, um, 20 to 50 bucks on him out of a thousand for sure.
2: Yeah. And I wonder, um, you know, they got Elvis Sanders. They got, uh, you know, it looks like it's second right now, Romy Gonzalez. Uh, but I wonder if they could kind of util, super util, if he, he does end up performing well. Another thing is Tim Anderson. This might not be the last Ielston of the season for Anderson, so yeah, for sure, for sure, for like a for a best. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't it wasn't
1: a it wasn't a Moncada replacement. It was an Anderson replacement, which um, yeah, you know, is more long term.
2: Yeah. Okay, well that rounds us out, guys. Lot of lot of names, but tis the season for scratching and clawing at the waiver wire. So thank you guys for tuning in, listening to Winds Above Fantasy. We will be on every Thursday this season. I'm Van Burnett. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Van underscore verified. Steve Giswelli is at Stav 8818. And the show is at Wins above Pod. If you guys enjoy it, please go out, give us a rating, review. We much appreciate it, and it goes a long way. Uh, but that wraps us up for episode 95. Thanks for talking baseball with us. We'll talk to you next week.
1: It's great having you back, man. Thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Later.